We at the Complete Discography and the Babylon Project are horrified at and furious about the Supreme Court's recent decisions to strip the right to appropriate medical care from people with uteruses. We are putting some suggestions in the show notes about where to direct your time, money, and energy, and we also encourage you to find a local organization working to restore fundamental human rights and protect the people these rulings most harm. As a reminder, Sir Terry, in many of his works, codified his most ultimate evil as treating people like things. This clearly is an example of that. You are being watched. The government has a secret system. A podcast that recounts every episode of Person of Interest. I know, because we made it. We designed the podcast to continue our bullshit, but we see everything. Random numbers of the week. People like you. Episodes the average viewer deems irrelevant. You wouldn't watch it, so we did. But I needed partners. Someone who had never watched this before. Hunted by weirdos on the internet, we record in secret. You will never find them. But, newbie or diehard, if your episode's up, we will find you. Hello, and welcome to the library for Podcast of Interest. This is a rewatch podcast for person of interest featuring two veteran operatives and one newly initiated. My name is Justin, and joining me are my two associates, my veteran operative Jude and our new recruit, Anna. Jude, Anna, this is our second recording of the evening. Uh, so we are going to issue with any uh, how you do in because we are already... Uh, if you would like to know how we are doing, please, please listen to episode 61 of Babylon 5. That is the sex, the sexiest ethical dilemma. <laughs> um, Can you imagine? I wonder if these episodes are going to sound radically different when we finish Bad Pod and all of a sudden we're not going into these episodes like two hours in and punchy. Like all of a sudden the energy just like completely changes because we don't have the the shot chaser of Bab Pod, season five of Bab Pod into Person of Interest. All of a sudden, we're like not cranky and punch drunk when we start Person of Interest episodes. Let's see. Turn it to next week because that'll, cause that'll oh, that's change. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess l- listen next week to find out, listeners. Yeah. So instead of asking how you're doing, I'm going to ask how your furry babies are doing. Mine, uh, let's see. Char hasn't gotten kicked out of daycare yet which is dope uh my cats are all great and siri is uh a sleepy cranky old lady um i have currently um a a snoring void under my desk um which i'm hoping is not coming up on the mic because i don't have the heart to you know kick the 17 18 year old cat lightly to make her stop snoring oh the and and uh the other the other two i'm pretty sure are just like have now that the now that the um in-laws are gone they have reclaimed their room which is the spare bedroom so they they are probably lounging on their bed cool this because this becomes a problem when people visit because then the cats are like but that's that's our bed. Why why are there strangers on my my <laughs> bed? That's our bed. That's 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 our 
king size bed. That's the king size bed for cats. <laughs> yep. That's why you have guest rooms for, for pets to lay on them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, tonight we are covering episodes 11 and 12 of season one of person of interest. Those are super and legacy on it. You've got super and uh, take us away. Yeah, so this one's written by David Slack and directed by Stephen Williams. And I will say that this is the one where I was like, this one's mine. Take it from my cold, dead hands <laughs> when we were when we were doling out the episode summaries. Because as for, for reasons that we will discuss after I finish the summary. After John is patched up in exchange for a large duffel bag of cash, he needs some time to recover, and Harold has kindly found him a great apartment to recover in. Except that this is a working convalescence. Uh, this week's number is the apartment building super, one Ernie Trask. Harold and John set up camp and start to surveil the building, uh, trying to figure out who might be a threat to Trask or alternately who he might be a threat to. When they don't turn up anything through electronic surveillance, John distracts Trask with a broken pipe while Harold breaks into his apartment to plant cameras. While he's there, Harold finds photos of one of the tenants, uh, the chef Lily Thornton, and narrowly escapes Trask and the building security guard on his way out. Lily has particularly good digital security, uh, so she ends up being Harold's ne next break-in target. However, he discovers someone else's hidden cameras in her vents. Reese gets to work trying to hack into the network the camera is linked to uh, and has dug up more information on Trask, whose wife apparently disappeared 13 years ago. A series of confrontations revealed that it's not Trask who's stalking Lily. It's Rick, the restaurateur in the penthouse suite, who Reese and Finch assumed was her boyfriend. Reese and Finch confront Rick as he threatened Lily in her apartment, and he ends up tossed out a window. <laughs> in other plots, we have Finch flashbacks this time, as Denton Weeks and Alicia Corwin meet with Nathan Ingram to discuss, to discuss his progress on the machine, uh, as well as the machine's capabilities. Um, and at this point, also, Nathan offers to sell the machine to the government for one US dollar, due to its extreme value, essentially. Uh, the machine successfully tracked down a traitor, and Harold explains privately to Nathan the chain of data used to identify him. It's also detected another threat. Weeks has been trying to hack into the machine using the NSA feeds. This episode also finally features Carter, who evades her CIA tail and tracks down Finch. Um, Finch explains the rough outline of their mission and puts her on the trail of another number. Carter then successfully prevents this man from murdering the, the guy who signed the foreclosure papers on his house. So I, I, I love the, the twist at the end of this where, so the, so the character of, of Ernie, of, of Ernie, like that, I, he is this very like boisterous dude who like, he's constantly talking about like this, like much more extravagant life that he used to lead. Yeah. With like, all the yachts and yeah. like he used to be like the, a successful nightclub owner in Miami. And it should be uh, also yeah. noted who's playing this character. Uh, yeah, this dude is like I don't think he's a regular in Bird Notice, but he is like the most Bird Notice guest star in the show. Oh no 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 no, that's not that's not it at he's all. He's in Dexter, right? Yeah, uh, he's, I, I, I didn't watch Dexter. 
his name is David Zayas, and he plays uh, Angel Batista on Dexter. And he is, at the time when this show was airing, that's what he was doing. Like, that, that was his main gig at the time. And he was... So when I watched Person of Interest live, it was immediately like, oh, shit, it's, it's Angel. And so immediately you make that connection to like Miami. And so it reinforces that Miami connection and that like. Oh, interesting. It like, it, yeah, to me, it it like immediately reinforced that Miami connection and stuff. So it was very synergistic uh, at the time. Oh yeah. For me, he's always, he's the first client that Michael helps in burn notice. Oh yeah. With the kid. Yes. That's Which right. Like, I forgot about that. That's what he's. That's what he'll always be in my head. That's funny. Uh, which is very fun. I love that. Um, so I think we should say the thing. The thing that this whole episode is referencing is it's in. T- it's it's just Rear Window. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very fun. It's a very fun play on Rear Window. It's so good. Yeah. I I rewatched that on. Uh, I rewatched that Sunday, just to like because I hadn't watched it in twenty years. And that film holds up. Oh, it's delightful. I, I Hitchcock, uh, Hitchcock, Hitchcock don't miss. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the like rear window homage. It's actively playing on like if you're familiar with Rear Window and like have watched mm-hmm. the movie multiple times, especially it's playing off of your assumptions based on the fact that you will have identified this as a Rear Window spinoff or oh, yeah. parody. Mm-hmm. It's very good in that way. It, it's that it. It's it's an homage that that engages with and plays with the original source material. Yeah. Yeah. Like you've got Trask like digging in the Rose Garden and you're like, ah, that's where his wife is. Ah, I know this. <laughs> Have you seen Rear Window, Jude? Many, 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 many years ago. It's it's worth it's worth a rewatch. It's very solid. I had uh, a film teacher in high school. Mumble, grumble, mumble, grumble years ago. Uh, that was obsessed, obsessed with uh, Rear Window and other Hitchcock films. Uh, and I don't think I have watched Rear Window since then. I think I, I, uh, the reason I like the, the, the real fun part about Rear Window, which this, this, this episode doesn't particularly engage with, is that it's pretty much one set that it, mm-hmm. like it's one set. But like, I mean, like there's a lot of like long shots of stuff going on outside of it. But it's pretty much yeah. just like one set that's primarily being inter- interacted with and like acted on, which is very fun. There's some cinematography nods, like like the taking the photos out out the window mm-hmm. with the telephoto lens and stuff like that. But you know, broadly, broadly, you know, it has um, lots more sets and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my my favorite piece with the rear window is that um, we have. Harold in Grace Kelly's role, uh, which adds further fuel to my ship fire here. <laughs> the yeah, I, the the one I love is that there is a whole thing about roses and rear window, like that like mm-hmm. guy buries like roses for like part of the body he's hiding. But in reality, it's just that Ernie's ex-wife who left him when he went into witness protection uh, just really liked roses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's great. It it like, you know, it plays into 
the tropes of the movie and and subverts expectations really nicely. Mm-hmm. Um, you you phrase it nicely with a, that it engages with the audience on it. Yeah. On on other notes, I uh, Snow um, in like uh, the scene where he meets up with Carter um, drops a be seeing you, which we will <laughs> now, like listen. Television can get to the twenty third century. And bitches will still love a prisoner reference. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I really love about this episode is how much when I love in general, when this show makes us as well as Finch and Reese aware of how much they need each other. Yeah. Cause oh, yeah. often they, they have them in their own roles and they're just kind of comfortable ticking along and they don't, engage with that knowledge but episodes like this really show that like finch does an enormous amount of work that without him behind the computer reese can't do fucking any of that and reese effortlessly gets through doors and people like they're not even there and finch is like bump key more like fuck me like (laughs) he's struggling to get through one one lock and uh, more important, it's not just that we see that, that the characters acknowledge that yeah. it only works because the two of them have these sets of skills and they work together and seeing them riffing mm-hmm. on each other about like, you know, I can't like you make this look a lot easier than it than it is like is very good. I have a lot of fun. Yeah. I, I enjoy when the show leans into that and when it makes the, the, the characters recognize that they need each other to do the job. Yeah. And the the role reversal thing is really fun. Yeah. There's a lot of fun stuff with the machine here, of course. Yeah. Um, like, we get our flashback to, like, here's the fir- here's the first number. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, and, like, and uh, Finch goes in and pops the hood for Nathan. And, the and, like, explains how all this goes. And because Nathan has learned about it, he is listed as a potential threat. Yeah, which yeah, is yeah. so damn good. Yeah, it's fantastic. It, yeah, it reveals an a lot about how the machine is programmed to protect itself. Yeah, like what are what it's not necessarily protect itself might be too aggressive. What its parameters are at that time, mm-hmm. and and it, it raises a lot of questions about like what has Finch been teaching it. And is, you know, what has it been taught since then? Yeah. And, you know, there's the implication that the machine is a, like, true emergent AI. So what has it taught itself, yeah. essentially? Yeah. yeah. Interesting question. I wonder if that will come up later. Who knows? That's, <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I actually, I actually don't know. I'm just, I'm just guessing here. It's gonna be fun when we get to when we get to see the word we get to see the words general intelligence bandied around. Yeah, we, we should probably you know we should we should book somebody who's smarter than I am, like you know who's smarter than us, who actually knows shit about artificial intelligences. Uh, and do we know any? Do we know anyone that's we like in to. the field of but, of but between the three of us? We have to. I'm sure. We should put a call out to start, try and. I mean, find I'm pretty someone. sure my brother-in-law has a master's degree in AI. That would count. But yeah, we, we, we need to get somebody on here that can like talk knowledgeably about like the 
the difference between like AI, AGI, general intelligence, emergent yeah. AI, stuff like that. Because yeah, yeah, that, that's for booking. That's for booking gas. That that's for the future. We don't worry about the future here. That's that's for future us. Also, Nathan is an incorrigible flirt. Yeah, yeah. love it. I really uh, like and... Nathan's character, and I I love I love Finch flashbacks. And I lo- because you can see who Finch was before all of this and how Nathan sort of like bent his personality and how Finch turned into who he was because of Nathan. Like Nathan was such a strong character. You can see the way that Finch's personality like bent into his orbit like he was a black hole or a singularity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this This episode also just has so many good fun bits like and it and it really holds up well on a rewatch so like on a rewatch if you know the twists etc they've done a lot with like body language where if you look at the body language for the chef around the restaurateur it's very uncomfortable oh my god the pillow the <laughs> pillow the, the 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 uh what's it called pillow it's um, a hemorrhoid pillow the hemorrhoid I think, pillow right? I mean, but, but it's like, but, but it's, it's, (laughs) it's, it's interesting though, because it's, I really like that as kind of like a microcosm for the like Finch Reese relationship, because Mm -hmm. like here he is, he's like, I have spent time in a wheelchair. Trust me. Use the pillow. Well, he's not, and Reese is like, he's not going to say that he spent time in the wheelchair though. It's, it's, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're too they're they're too they're too stupid to not, not too stupid <laughs> they're too stubborn to accept help from each other. Yeah, there's also the bit where they're where they're watching the woman doing yoga and like on the one hand it's like guys you're being pervs, um, and on the other hand it's just hilarious because the the camera moves away from the screen that they're viewing to them and. Like John tilts his head to the side, and Harold tilts his entire body to the side. It's a it's a nice little bit of physical acting from yeah yeah I yeah the the way that he plays that disability is so nicely done. Um, I know it's a really n- nuanced topic, whether you know having people play who you know when and how it's appropriate to have someone with a disability playing someone with a disability or having someone without a disability playing someone with a disability. But I, I really do feel like he brings such uh, thought to how he portrays that injury. Yeah. Um, because I, I think, I think the thing that is like to be like pretty important is that for the most part, I like, there, there is never really any jokes about no uh, about it, and I mean, Emerson plays it very straight and very. I want to say specifically that you know, yeah. For me, at least, I think it's I, I think it's very well done. Yeah, I would agree with that. That he, you know, he isn't physically able to do all the things that Reese can do, but that makes sense too because like I couldn't do all the things that Reese can do. Um, I don't think anyone yeah. can. <laughs> Accurate. You know, it's portrayed consistently and, and like, you're right. Like, it's never a joke. All right. Are we ready to move on to Legacy? 
Um, I think I'm good. Sure. I'll say that I'll say that I um really enjoyed the coffee mugs full of champagne. <laughs> oh yeah, that's very I love that. That's good. Yeah, speaking uh, of fun details in this one. All right. So, uh episode 12, Legacy, written by Amanda Siegel and directed by Brad Anderson. Um our number this week is Andrea Gutierrez, a civil lawyer who sues states on behalf of convicts. Uh her problem this week is coming from Dominic Galuska, who is a parole officer involved with her most recent case. Uh, he sends a pair of ex-cons after her to stop her from finding about a scam he is involved with in involving foster services, uh, taking money off displaced kids from parolees. Uh, when Andrea is found out by his accomplice in foster services, uh, the dude tries to kill Andrea, but Reese is able to see him. Andy wins her case and reunites her client with his kid. Yay! <laughs> Our B-plot involves Finch being visited by Nathan Ingram's son, Will. He's visiting New York and cleaning out his father's old loft. They talk about Will's work with MSF and the Red Cross and reminisce a little bit about Nathan. Will later expresses interest in finding more about his dad, and in his research, seems to have stumbled upon evidence of something that he sold to the government for one dollar. As the episode closes, we learn that John has had Fusco tailing Finch. Um, So this is one of those episodes that, like, I think, like, I sort of space out on a rewatch. Not because it's, like, bad. It's just, it's something that I'm, like, I don't remember a ton about it. It's a solid B-. minus. It's a it's a perfectly acceptable yeah. filler like filler episode. I couldn't remember this episode when I watched it, which is. It, but it's got some it's got some like classic John moves like the the accidental garbage trucking. Oh my god! Yeah. So, so I want to talk about this king, this legend uh, of a bad guy here in the scene, who just goes straight into an MMA fight with John tries to do a fucking roundhouse heel kick on John then runs away and gets hit by a garbage truck. <laughs> Iconic <laughs> shit. This dude yeah. was only going to be alive in this story for two minutes. He was going to get his ass beat once, going to try to pull a roundhouse kick. This dude was trying to do a fucking black mass on John <laughs> and then dies by getting hit by a truck and his body gets looted <laughs> after the fact. Yeah. I'm what did I caught? <laughs> I this is some serious jobbing. I really like that that John's like whenever he's undercover, his go-to move is complain about Finch. It's so <laughs> yeah. I, he goes to Andrea. Oh and, my boss! It's you could call him a an eccentric, eccentric rich guy. Yeah, every time, every time, uh, which I think is fucking Cause, hilarious. Because he's on the because he knows that. Finch is listening as they're like rah, 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 yeah rah, rah, rah. exactly um I think that this episode does a for for such a like a forgettable like b minus episode does a really great job of faking you out with the mystery yeah you really think it's her like stiff boss up until the last second yeah I don't have a lot to say about this episode it's not it's fine um oh. I do love Fusco and Carter, though. Both of them. They're the scene at the beginning <laughs> where the Carter's on her phone looking over at Fusco, uh, yeah. like, and Fusco and and Fusco's like, you know, Colin, like Carter's acting dodgy, and John's just like, 
Yeah. Please hold. Yeah. I this is the start this this bit will go on for the rest of the season. And god damn it, I love it so much. It's yeah, very good. I, it's parent, I think I, he's parent trapping him. Yeah, that's how I like initially described it was like he's parent trapping them and it's just so good. And I love all the bits where they're being suspicious about each other. And he's like literally like flipping from one call to the other. And Mitch and is like, listening to both of them at the same time. It's so funny. Yeah. And and like Fusco will be like, hey, you gotta be you gotta be careful because, you know, Carter's on your trail. And John's like, it's under control. And then Carter will be like, hey, so my partner is acting real shady. <laughs> he's a corrupt cop. You can't trust him. And John's like Mm, yeah, yeah, watch out for those. <laughs> it's it's yeah. so good. Uh, this this episode has another classic John move, which is oh yeah, frame scumbag by knocking him out, putting him in his car, drizzling alcohol, st- <laughs> spraying incriminating evidence everywhere, and a, then calling the cops. Give him a yeah. gun, drizzle booze on his crotch, and then call the cops. I mean, like, this time he didn't, like, turn on the car and send it running into a pole or anything. Yeah. Yeah. And also this and, like, time he, there were no... he's doing it against someone that doesn't have enough money to actually get out of it right away. Yeah. Um, there's also the scanner shredder. I love that. That is such a... I love this one. I've seen it in, I've seen it in something else before. I can't remember where. It, it feels like a bird notice thing, but I don't remember see I, I don't remember it specifically being in bird notice. It's like both genius and like legitimately terrifying. Okay, no, I don't know how this works because um I've only done this in California, but um in um it, I I work I used to work in a place that had to have like secure document uh storage like there would be like I have had to like specifically remove post-it notes. Like and proper, I have like had to properly dispose of post-it notes because of information they had on them. The way it works, at least in the California facility I worked in, was we didn't actually have shredders in house. Um, everything went into a lockbox that then got taken by a third-party company to then get shredded yeah, because of this did. sort of thing. Yep, that's how uh, all the com- tech companies I've ever worked at have done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Iron Mountain. Yep, yep. I've seen those trucks a lot of times. But yeah, the, the, the copier scanner thing is like so ridiculously evil and I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's very, it's very clever. I like it. I also just keep wondering how many of the lawyers cases that guy sabotaged. Oh. Because clearly he was like her go-to guy on the inside to help her out with stuff. And he was like... You're referring to the, you know, the he social has the line of guy. like it yeah. turns out you're actually a good lawyer. Yeah. So how many of her cases has he tanked? Yeah. Yeah. That, 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 just to clarify for the audience, not the parole officer, the the social worker in the court. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. He, what? What an actual like. I, I like the twist of it of like oh no it's the it's the dude from the thing I'm like who sh- she bought she brought a freaking sandwich for this dude. Yeah. 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 This is. We don't have a lot to say about this episode. Yeah, really. it's sort of kind of like a quick one of like, oh, hey, it exists. We're going to hit some really good episodes in a little bit here, but we got a couple of filler ups. Yeah, um, yeah we got we're, we're in the sort of the meandering filler. Who knows? Maybe now that we're recording all from this point for, for next week forward, we're going to only be recording person of interest to in the show. So who knows? It might be that um, we 
I don't I do not want to promise this, but depending on the content for some episodes, we could do three. <laughs> yeah, we probably could have done three tonight. Yeah, we could have, but we were also coming off a really long bad pod. So yeah. who knows? So next time. Oh, no, no, sorry. The next two, we are definitely those are only going to be two. Um, what are the next two? Uh, so we have yeah episode 13 and 14, Root Cause and Wolf and Cub. Yep. Alrighty. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you have watched the show before, you know why we are excited for Root Cause. Yeah. Um, but if you're not, well, guess what? You're being watched. The Babylon Project is an independent production. All views expressed on the show are our own. Clips from the original show remain property of the original owner. Music information can be found in the show notes. The rest of the show is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 share alike no derivatives license. Wait, that. <laughs> Jesus. Well, take, the, take the second one there. What the fuck was that?